Knowing that that is their own perception, that is their own tinted lens that they're seeing the world through. And and how can I take care of myself in this situation and set my boundaries, but at the same time recognize that, you know, there's times where we need to put our iron fists up in the air and pioneer and pave waves. But like real systemic change needs to come from a place of love. Hello, and welcome to the Well Now What podcast. I'm Savannah. That clip you just heard was Christina Disler. She's the CEO of Work Lab and also editor-in-chief at The Work. With a background in HR, Christina is passionate about disrupting the future through a relationship and approach to work, uncovering the interconnectedness between consciousness and work. Supporting this ideology, Work Lab is a holistic wellness co-work space in Vancouver. And The Work is an online publication which houses insights and practices from globally acclaimed subject matter experts, inspiring humans and healers. In this episode, we talk about her commitment to making a systematic change and impact on a global scale, the beauty of taking a break and slowing things down, and the future of wellness in the workplace. I hope you enjoy listening. I'm here with Christina Disler. I'm so excited to chat with her today because I believe that the work lab truly reflects the workspace of the future. Workspaces are becoming more unconventional as we live in a generation that values a strong entrepreneurial spirit. So with that, remote working is also on the rise as well, which can create its own challenges of disconnection and isolation. I believe that the work lab provides a space for a community of people who don't necessarily want to live life in the linear pathway that society tells them to. It truly brings people from all different backgrounds together. So Christina, do you mind sharing your story before you started creating Work Lab? So did you attend university? So my story is such a huge part of the birth of Work Lab and actually really speaks to the ethos of it as well. I had grown up in Vancouver. I went to an academically enriched program in high school and I struggled with mental health when I was 15. Um, I dropped out. I felt like I wasn't necessarily smart enough to be in there. You know, I got my grades up in a regular high school, went off to university and the exact same narrative, the exact same series of events and outcome Uh, occurred again. So I did not understand why I felt bright and I felt like I had such deep insight and awareness and curiosity. And yet the academic school system really like went against kind of the way in which I, you know, metabolize information and the way in which I received grades in certain courses. It just wasn't in alignment to, yeah, the way that I learned. And so I always kind of felt like I didn't fit in the box. Like I would have friends that did so well at school with such little effort. And I just didn't understand, like, why was it that the way in which I applied my energy and I applied my effort didn't give me the same outcome? And I knew that I had this, you know, bright light within me, which all of us do have. But I kind of just always felt like I didn't fit in the box that the way in which I was going to get to any destination or you know, what my journey was going to look like was going to be nonlinear and that I wasn't just going to do X, Y, and Z and end up wherever. So I came home. I worked for my family business out in the field. Uh, It was my dad's an electrician by trade and we were in the security industry and I was out programming cameras at YVR airport. And I really started to get passionate about HR best practices 
and um, went on this journey of pursuing that as a career for six years and did organizational coaching. And really, at the end of the day, HR best practices wasn't my passion, but people were and human engagement and understanding why do people do the things they do and how can we best support people so that they can support our businesses. And if we have engaged humans, it actually hits our bottom line in a, in a much more meaningful way. And so during that time, ironically, I was head of HR. I grew that into that position with time and actually was sexually harassed in the workplace for four years. So during that four-year period, I continuously reported it and it was a male-dominated company, 200 employees. And I was essentially told that as a woman in business, I needed to get a thicker skin, not be so emotional, and that I should be prepared to be hit on. And that that was destined to be like, it wasn't okay, but I need to also kind of condition myself like this is to be expected in my career trajectory if I'm expecting to continue on with business. During that time, I armored up every day, went to work. I remember saying I felt like I had like a backpack of brick like on me that was, and I was climbing up Everest. Like it was just pulling me back. So when I decided to open Work Lab to really support the entrepreneurial community, I knew that the one thing I didn't do so much uh, work around brand values and mission statement and all that stuff. But I knew that for sure. One thing I wanted was that when people came in to work into their home, um, that it felt like their home and that when they walked in the doors, it was a place for to for them to disarm because recognizing that if we can access a state of vulnerability and disarm and take away these conditioned beliefs of who we have to be in work environments, we actually are able to access innovation and creativity and cultivate connection in a much more meaningful way that we actually can't access when we are stepping into roles and having um, walls up to protect ourselves. So that Mm -hmm. is essentially how work life started in 2016. I mean, that's from a really like an ethos perspective, but yeah, it started pretty quickly and it has absolutely evolved since 2016. Definitely more focused with time on that human element, um, not just about co-working, but we really honed in on this niche of being super passionate about when we take care of ourselves and we do the work within and we go inward, we end up doing the right work that we're meant to be doing. And so So we really want to make sure that we're supporting small businesses and freelancers and self-employed folks to take care of themselves because the startup industry is so inundated with young energy, which is like that overdrive, that glorification of going off of four hours of sleep and overcaffeination and like go, go, go. And in reality, we create our most brilliant ideas usually in stillness, which also is a really um, fascinating thing to think of during this time, the pandemic with Corona. So yeah, there's so much um, potent soil right now for us to be in a state of creation while we have this spaciousness. Oh, that's, that was beautifully said. And when you were designing the work lab, how did you want people to feel when they walked into the space? So I think that like kind of goes to the first question I I answered around wanting them to feel like they're at home. So with WorkLab, it definitely designed to feel like you are in someone's home, actually not even someone's home, you're in your own home. So whether that's using different textures or materials or a really big kitchen area to come together 
we wanted it to feel like a very intentional sensory experience. So from the music to the scent, to what we see, to what is like the feel we get, everything is done with attention. It's kind of hard to actually specify what makes it what it is. It's an energetic Mm -hmm. experience, but there's intentionality in every single item that we bring in every book. Everything is thought with intention. If it doesn't make sense, we don't want to create more clutter. We, We live in a very cluttered energetic space with so much stimuli the last thing we want to do is clutter a space in which you're you're really intended to be creating out of. Right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And what was the hardest part of like the early stages when you were um, building the space in your company? I would say burning out like so the the whole piece around burnout I didn't figure out until a year in that how important that was I think as business owners when you're small and you're doing it all yourself you get to know how to do every piece of the business and you're not necessarily the best person to do every piece of the business and I think it's a really hard adjustment getting into a state of vision and moving the business forward and also like relinquishing control especially on the things that you know you can do well and you can do it quicker probably than the majority of people. But there's a real beauty in trust because the more energy and time you put into something that isn't best serving you, it inevitably is not best serving the business. So we need to really think hardcore about what is it that I like, what is me in a flow state and how is that, like, what does that look like? What does that feel like? We might not know what the task is, but we might get really clear on like, hey, this is what I felt when I was doing that thing or this thing and and find the parallels between it and the thread between them and start putting more and more of your attention and energy into those spaces and and give up the control. There's probably someone who can who can do X, Y, and Z for you for cheaper because once you put your your time and energy into what you're actually like puts you in flow, it's gonna hit your it's gonna help grow your business and it's gonna help propel things forward and create momentum for the business to move it forward in a totally different way than you still, you know, doing your bookkeeping or whatever that might be like a, I just want to do it and, and, you know, save a couple pennies here, maybe, or it can feel like upfront you're saving some dollars, but actually in actuality, you're not because that's taking you away from the things that will make your business way more money. Yeah. And have you found any challenges or difficulties being like a woman in a leadership position? Have you felt any expectations from other people? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, even within a personal relationship within my life, I recently went through some personal changes and someone in my life said, your business isn't worth sacrificing your relationship for. That really, really frustrated me because this came from someone who I was really close with and there is no sacrifice. Like I love what I do. I absolutely do. I think it makes me a better person. It's created me, uh, created so many opportunities for growth within self-discovery, within interactions with others, within learning skills and all of these things. It, it really makes me, in my mind, show up as a better human for everyone. And it's just that old paradigm or that old narrative of, wait, we yes, we support women in business and yeah, but, but also your priority should be your relationship that, you know, you're 30 and don't mess things up. And yeah, it really, it was pretty, it was pretty, that was hard to hear from someone that I care for and I love, um, but also recognizing that that's their own lens and that's projecting their own stuff. But 
it comes up in funny little nuanced parts of conversations and comes up in to- like such a, a, a wide range of scenarios. But it's also like in some regards, I don't want to say joy, but I'm like, wow, like I'm so grateful that I'm the one that gets to be faced with a comment like that and that I've done enough work to not take it on like it's something personal, but actually use this as an opportunity to, if I have the energetic capacity to educate this person of where their blind spots are or where their limited perception is, how that's showing up and and what the impact is for someone else. And uh, it feels in some way like an honor that I, I have the opportunity to help create aha moments for other people, but just by my like lived experience. Yeah. I was going to say, like, do you think that kind of mindset just came from the, uh, the amount of more time? and experience because I think if someone said that to me right now I would I just the first thing I'd be so offended I'd want to lash out but it would take time to realize like oh that's coming from like a different place yeah I think like definitely you know being 30 having gone through a lot of different challenges and I'd say also just four and a half years of being in business and a career beforehand that was really around very like narrow-minded individuals I have recognized the importance of leading from a place from love that we actually can create such massive change systemically, collectively, when we actually show up from a heart space and come from compassion and have non-attachment, like not attaching to the comments, knowing that it is that is their own stuff. That is their own perception. That is their own tinted lens that they're seeing the world through. And and how can I take care of myself in this situation and, and for sure set my boundaries, but at the same time recognize that when we have an absolutely, you know, there's times where we need to put our iron fists up in the air and pioneer and pave waves, but like real systemic change needs to come from a place of love. And so how can we show up from that heart space and connect to that human in that moment? And they likely will not make the same mistake again. And then I noticed that you did start um, the work. So it's like an online publication. Yeah. Yeah. What was the inspiration of that? And what are the future plans with that? Yeah. So the work is my new baby. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I think it's great. Thank you. Yeah, we launched it in November. So Work Lab started in 2016. In 2018, in August, we launched our secondary space, which included, you know, a practitioner's room where we have a Reiki healer in there. We've got um, a studio where we have classes, a meditation area, aromatherapy. Like we we really shifted um, our offering to our community. And when we launched that space, we were getting so much press, press and attention, not about anything to do with co-working, but rather around our ethos and our messaging and our intention of why we do what we do. And that led me to believe we're getting all this publicity down in the States and across Canada. And I got so frustrated because I'm like, okay, that's great. And it's so flattering. And the little egoic brain goes, look at me, like I made it all farce. Like, you know, that's great. But, and, you know, if it doesn't hit your bottom line, that traffic, unless you're in Vancouver needed somewhere to work, like it's cool that people across America are learning about work lab and I'm being quoted talking about millennials, but okay, that feels good. And it's like clout that, you know, matters in different scenarios, but at the same time, I mean, superficial clout, but at the same time, like at the end of the day, we're a business, we have dollars and cents. And if that isn't, you know, there, that, that traffic that's being driven to our site 
isn't amounting to anything. And so I naturally thought, okay, so clearly we're on to something. Clearly, you know, the insight I have from this background in HR and organizational coaching and and my passion um, for millennials and Gen Zs and our relationship to work in the workplace is really resonating. And so how can we provide these resources and actually create shift and change on a global scale? And how can we, if you can't engage with Work Lab in the physical, how can you engage with it in the metaphysical? So I started thinking about a site. I'm like, okay, we need to house these insights. I feel so honored and lucky that I am surrounded by so many brilliant humans that are kind of all in this type of conversation on a global level as well. And how can we share this with the world? And so I started kind of planning it out. And then the federal government came out with a women's entrepreneurship fund. And I worked for like two weeks on this grant and I created a business plan around it. And, um, in August, end of August, 2019, I found out that I received uh, out of, I think it was like over 4,000 applicants where you had to be a business owner, a woman, a self-identified woman who ran um, a business for at least two years in Canada and 4,500 people applied, I believe, or around that 100 or 200 companies were awarded the funds. Wow, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, we got, I think it was like $100,000 put aside for us to create this platform. And it has been such a crazy journey. It's been incredible working with writers all over the world, New York, Toronto, London, Washington, in the Scandinavian countries, we have a few. And it's absolutely an honor to just feel like I'm the kind of conduit that gets to connect these brilliant souls and brilliant ideas with the rest of the world and really share it on a global level. So the work really did start from wanting to create the, you know, the metaphysical like extension of work lab. Um, so work lab is a physical, this is the metaphysical and, and our longer term goal is to create in-person activations and experiences. So whether that's a summit conference or, you know, like talks and whatnot, I really still think there's massive importance in connecting with humans. During this time of Corona and COVID-19, um, we launched within 48 hours an online part of our site, totally free, totally accessible to all. All you have to do is just fill out a form and we are doing daily programming. We turn it around super quickly. We've had like 400 people sign up in a matter of two days and it is an absolute honor yet again to just be that connecting point of housing insights from leaders and healers and entrepreneurs and subject matter experts and providing a platform and a connect point to the rest of the world. It's an absolute, it's like truly, it's like, it makes, it moves me so emotionally because it is an absolute honor to, um, to show up and create those, like create experiences in which house those aha moments for humans. And I know that when we, yeah, it goes back to showing like when we do the work within it doesn't only impact the work we do, but it actually does create systemic shift and change. Like don't underestimate it. And I think we're so stuck in a state of doing. So right now has been a really fascinating time for us to all slow down and 
do less doing. And, um, that's how like things will really change is actually sitting with ourselves and sitting with our experiences and our thoughts. And that's where like the real pivotal doing happens. That actually inspired me to like create this podcast because um, I was talking to a lot of my close friends and everyone everyone was feeling quite similar of like the post-grad blues and like, what do I do? What do I do next? So I was like, I want to create this podcast. I want to connect with other people, like-minded people, just being able to share their own experiences, like people like you. So um, hearing that you brought a community together with the work is is amazing to hear. Um, yeah. So like how, how were you able to connect with all these people? Was it through your own personal connections or do you have a team? You know, it's bizarre. I have no idea how people are finding it. You know, we have some followers on Instagram. I don't, I on it, I look at the form of people who have submitted and they're from only 40% are local. And I am floored. We've got people coming in from Berlin, Chicago, Oklahoma, uh, Buenos Aires, Sydney, LA, obviously Toronto, London, uh, Norway, like uh, Poland, like all over. I'm in absolute disbelief. And it honestly moves me. Like, I think that's the thing is like when you do something and you're in flow, like it sounds so altruistic and sounds so in the clouds, but like things will come together, like they will flow in and whether that can be a, a variety of how, like, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily, oh, just like money or whatever, but it's like that you'll like know when you're doing the, like what you, when you're connected, I don't want to say soul, if that doesn't resonate, but like when you're connected to really like your flow state of what you are meant to be doing and you are in alignment, the th- like it will work out. And working out doesn't mean necessarily like, oh, it's going to be a billion dollar company or it's going to be this or that. It's just going to feel right. And there, there will be signs along the way that will bring you back to that rightness of feeling. And I guess with with you, how do you measure your success? More personal level is mine is creating impact on individuals and entail the collective through aha human moments. So it's kind of an alignment to all the things that I just said. And ironically, this was a couple weeks ago before... I even launched the, uh, the work net. So it's the work is our online platform our online site, the work.co and the work net is just like a page within it, which is like, you know, where we're housing all of our experiences. And, um, yeah, I definitely feel like I have an opportunity to do this every day and I feel so lucky. And so for me, success looks like whether that shows up in personal relationships or professional, or it shows up in what my business is executing and doing, that to me is like, we've done a good job. When we hear that we've created impact for someone, whether it's like the smallest shift in perspective that kind of opened their eyes to a whole new world or their own insight internally, like that to me is so comforting and feels so good. And, um, keeps me trucking along one foot in front of the other. Yeah. I think there's so many different ways when we get really clear on like, what is our values and what um, is our vision for ourselves and our businesses, we actually have a lot of space to pivot because it's connected to such a deeper meaning than financial. Or like if I were to say success is having success is having X number of dollar or X number of people as members in my co-working business that actually doesn't like allow me to pivot 
the business as it needs. So for example, right now in the midst of the lockout or in Corona, we're shutting down the business. So if I was so connected to a superficial vision for the business, it wouldn't allow me to be like, oh, wait, well, our vision is about creating shift on an individual level, hoping we can shift the collective when we start with the individual. If I wasn't rooted in that, it, like I'd be like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like I would be completely stumped because our business is co-working and we need a space in order to provide that service. And so with the space being shut down, it would probably create so much more panic and um, fear and, you know, fight or flight response of almost like paralysis with this fear because I'd be like, I don't okay, so if the business is shut down for six weeks, we can't, like, what we do and why we exist is to provide co-working. Well, no, that's not what we're anchored into. That's not, like, our our deeper meaning. So, yeah, I feel, like, really blessed and that I've had that insight pretty early on with the development of my business. Right, yeah. And just a last question, just to wrap things up. So, I guess, where do you see, I know it's a little bit hard now with everything going on, but, like, the workspace of the future. Like, how do you believe wellness Mm -hmm. and work will coexist so it's fascinating to use the word wellness because to be well okay so I had a mentor share this with me to be life is an experience right it's not a destination it's really about a journey and to be well is to be in a state in which we can experience it and so I think the irony is that we look at wellness and we think it looks like X, Y, and Z, but wellness even comes down to how do we engage with our employees? How do we support them? How do we have conversations of vulnerability? How do we create flexible environments? So it's it's so layered and it's so big that it is hard to have like a, this is what it looks like. But what I can say for sure is that there is a much needed shift as Gen Zs and millennials continue to take up more and more space in the workforce. I think in the next 10 years, I think between Gen Zs and millennials, we're supposed to be like near 60% of the workforce. And the conditions or the environments that we grew up in it are so polarizing and like are so different than those before us. And especially even Gen Zs to millennials. And this rise of autonomy and, and requirement for autonomy is so imperative. And if we do not change the way in which we lead our businesses, so not even just talking about a physical space, but the way in which we operate our businesses, we will have people disengage, whether as a customer and consumer or employees will leave to go work for themselves and they will be contractors and freelancers and solopreneurs and, you know, startup owners, because we now like there is such a lack of trust in how we relate to businesses and we need to really show up in a different way in how we lead them. So that probably doesn't answer your question, but I do think that's where we need to start before we put like a meditation hub in an office or we Mm -hmm. put, you know, workout classes as a benefit. That's Jim Dandy, but that's a very superficial kind of band-aid solution. And really it starts from the heart of the business and it starts from within and it starts and it really does start top down. And that was Christina Disler. She's such an incredible human and is really passionate and committed to making a positive impact on a global scale. Especially with everything going on in the world, 
The complete unknown can be really scary and makes us feel alone. The WorkNet is a fantastic way to stay connected. You can sign up for workout classes, guest speakers, meditation, and more. I highly recommend it. Thanks for all the love I've been receiving for this podcast. It truly means the world to me. If you could leave a review on Apple Podcast, it does make it easier for others to find it. So thanks for listening.